create with France Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Today we are on episode 89 and we are going to talk about one of your favorite topics and that is depression, anxiety, not feeling good, having loss of confidence, feeling like you're not where you're supposed to be, just about everything we talk about in the show. And today we have a really, really, really new field, which is human design. Have you guys ever heard of this? And we're going to have a very special guest that's called Melissa Wright, and she's going to talk about all, all, all of this. What is human design? And in her website, Guided Life by Design, she will have more information from all sorts of things and she also has a nice business partner and so let's talk to uh, Melissa and see what is all this how did she come to know human design and what was going on in her life so welcome to the show thanks Franz I'm so excited to be here and I absolutely love that you're giving me this opportunity to share human design with your audience because I know that human design has the ability to change everyone's life dramatically because human design is a system that helps you to really understand how you uniquely understand and process and absorb and you know feel and experience all the different types of energy and so it starts from the premise that we are all energy and actually I discovered human design it's been almost five years ago now and I really believe that the reason why I found human design was because I was on this path of self-discovery and self-journey. And I actually kind of, the way that I was introduced to human design, there's no other way to describe it as it being divinely guided. And it was because I was being open to finding what felt like it was missing for me. Now, my whole self-discovery journey started right around 2010 when I unexpectedly lost my mom. She passed away completely unexpectedly. She had just turned 60. And at the time I was four months pregnant with my younger son. So we're never ready to lose our mom, but definitely losing your mom when you're pregnant is definitely an experience I would not wish on even my worst enemy. Um, and, And what I really realized, so here I was, I was pregnant. And I was doing my best to not let that intense grief and sadness and all of those negative emotions be what was consuming me because I I was aware that here's this little being that's growing inside of my body. And I didn't want the environment that he was developing in and, you know, growing in to be really negative and really sad and really intense negative emotions. So I did everything I could to stay as positive as possible. I took a lot of naps. I listened to a lot of uplifting powerful you know audios you know back then it was there was a lot of things that i listened to on dvds like different programs i'd purchased over the years on dvds um this was before podcasts were as big as they are now but in doing that and really kind of pulling back from all the work that i'd done up to that point because i was always working and always pushing and i always had a full-time job plus i had my little side thing you know that i spent all of my waking time pretty much working trying to create success in my life and i was always pushing really hard it was in that time where i finally pulled back i really kind of withdrew from the world in a lot of ways and it was really interesting for me when you know, the baby was born and 
tax time came around and I looked back and realized that was actually the first time my income had been over six figures. And here was the year that I'd worked less than any other year in my life. And all I did was focus on whatever I needed to do to be happy and, you know, to, to stay as positive as I could. So that was kind of like a first like awakening of me realizing that the path for me to really have success and even monetary financial success wasn't through working harder or pushing more. And really there was something to just surrendering to whatever my body was telling me it needed in the moment. Um, and it was because of that time when I was being, you know, really taking care of myself and being really easy and light that I was led to law of attraction. So I became a law of attraction coach in 2012. And that led me to becoming a Reiki master teacher in 2016. And so my, my, um, my big focus then was on creating adventure retreats for moms, because as women, as moms, it's so easy to lose ourselves in those roles and all the responsibilities and the routines and schedules and all the demands that we have from all the people in our lives that are pulling us in lots of different directions and make it really easy for us to just put ourselves last. And one of the things that was hardest about losing my mom was realizing she'd never actually reached that point in her life where she got to figure out how to be happy. She had five kids and she was a kindergarten teacher and she actually collapsed on her first day of summer vacation. And she was only planning to work for one more semester. She had, she was gonna do the fall semester and then retire and spend time with her grandkids. She had just gotten her passport and she had one stamp for a trip to Niagara Falls. So there were all of these things that she was putting off to do later after the kids were grown and after like all of those responsibilities. And so I realized that I did not wanna follow in her footsteps and make that same mistake of thinking that it was okay to sacrifice what I wanted now for everyone else, thinking that when I retire or whenever the kids are out of the house or whatever that is that we kind of set in our minds that is that point where then we get to enjoy life. And that I really had to learn to take care, better care of myself now and not leave everything for some future point that may or may not ever even come. And so, so yeah, that was really the inspiration for, for all the work that I've done for really taking on my path of self-development and self-discovery. And um, so I ended up signing up for this book study course that was about learning how to use retreats in a coaching business. And so the book was called Retreat or Grow Rich. And I'm so grateful that I signed up for this book study course because the coach was amazing and she invited me to a retreat. Um, and the retreat ended up bumping up right against a trip that I already had planned for my 40, 40th birthday. And I was like, oh, my life is so busy right now. I don't know that I can add another trip in, but she told me the dates and it started the day after I already had my trip planned. And I'm like, okay, well, I gotta find out where this retreat is because there's really only one way I think I can make this work. And the retreat was actually in the same city that I already had my trip planned with my family. So all I needed to do was move my flights and pay for a couple extra nights of a hotel. If it had been any other city or any other time, I probably never would have given myself permission to make that investment of that time, that money, the airfare and all of that. And it was at that retreat that I was introduced to human design. And 
learning about my human design, I'm a splenic projector, was by far the most validating experience of my life. Human design helps us to see all of those things that we've kind of judged ourselves negatively about, all of those places where we think we have weaknesses that we need to fix or, you know, or work harder to um, kind of balance out and really to see that those are not weaknesses. It's part of our design and we're not meant to have those traits that we see as, as character flaws or weaknesses. And so understanding my human design really helped me to stop seeing myself as not enough or needing to be fixed or being broken. And really the, the best benefit that I've received is I realized, you know, early in those first couple of years of learning about my human design, I started to become aware of that voice that was going inside of my head all the time. And it really was that cruel, mean inner girl, right? That was always telling me how I wasn't enough, how I was, yeah, always just kind of trying to break me down. And really the cruelest voice that I've had in my life has always been that voice inside of my head. And so now I'm about five years into human design and I've realized that I almost never have that cruel voice working inside of my head. And that is so life-changing to not have that person that wants you to think that you're not enough and that you know you're you're letting everyone down and you're letting yourself down and you're not good enough and no one loves you and all of those things that that voice inside of our head likes to tell us so so yeah that is a little bit about how i found human design wow no that's just amazing and if you think about it especially women we have this tendency of waking up in the morning look in the mirror oh Look at this, you got the wrinkles, you have the eye bags, you look horrible. How is your husband going to like you today? How is your boss going to give you a job? Look at you, you know, is he's gonna give the presentation to the younger lady because you look awful. Oh, I need some surgery because I have to look 20, otherwise nobody will listen to me. I have to look forever young. We have these unattainable goals and we are always comparing to Instagram and Photoshop and whatever these people have been through, filters everywhere, even in dating sites, you see these women through very, very thick filters. You cannot actually tell what their face looks like. You know, they're desperate, you hide their face. I mean, how are you gonna do when you actually meet the guy? And why are we so insecure? Because there's a little voice telling us all the time, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not cute enough, somebody else will do. And then we spend all this time <laughs> trying to reach this impossible goal don't we and so it's important and also this other aspect i find really interesting how we we think that the good stuff is gonna come in 20 years <laughs> it's always uh, in the future i'm like well we are created to have joy as well it isn't just about just work 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 and put away the money and I, and I always quote to my boyfriend I have a friend who always said oh when we retire she had this list we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then the husband died about 50 when he had um, a sudden heart attack he was a healthy guy and he just died and now they are not doing it and she has spent uh, 40 years of her life doing all this stuff on her own but it wasn't quite the same <laughs> And the thing is, you postpone and you think you're going to do when the children grow up. Not everything has to happen when the children grow up. That's 20 years ahead. So that's good to hear a little, um, a little bit of a different thing. So how does 
human design help you to move from A to B? Yeah, and really it does come down to really fully understanding how you were naturally designed. Okay, so there in human design, we 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 get your human design chart based off of your birth information. And, um, you know, I used to be really skeptical of anything that was based off of birth information because I actually have a twin brother. We're only two minutes apart. And my logical mind couldn't really grasp how anything that's based off of your birth information can really even be true or accurate or helpful in any way. And so when I first, you know, was like, okay, this is based on my birth information. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, it's so fascinating to see. And it's based off of the nine energy centers. You know, most people are familiar with the seven chakras, and it does originate from the seven chakras. But actually, human design believes we evolved to being nine energy centered beings. And, um, and so human design, when you get your chart, you can see which types of energy you have kind of a consistent, reliable way of processing and understanding that type of energy. So for example, maybe it's emotional energy, or maybe it's like that mental energy. Um, and then what's even more helpful is understanding the ones where you're not consistent or fixed or reliable in the way you process and understand those types of energies. And what that means that lets you know where you're most vulnerable to absorbing other people's energy. Now, like we can all sense someone's aura, right? We can feel energy. Everybody has this ability, whether, you know, how it doesn't really matter if you're really aware of it or not aware of it. Like we have all had those experiences where someone enters the room and the whole feel of the room just shifts because uh, that person has entered and we can feel their energy. And that's really, you know, that gives you kind of a, a window into what we're talking about when we talk about the energy centers in human design. And so we, we each have different centers and different types of energy that we're more vulnerable to. So we're going to absorb energy from other people and then amplify it. And, and so those centers where we're most vulnerable, that's where we're most likely to feel like we have those weaknesses. We have those things that we need to fix or that are broken or that we need to try to compensate for. And so when we become aware that these are the places, this is the type of energy that we're most vulnerable to, to feeling that external pressure to be what we're not. And then you recognize how that energy is likely to show up and the thoughts that that's likely to cause your mind to think, because we all have these minds that want to steer the ship, right? That think that the mind should be in control, that we need to be logical and reasonable, and it needs to make sense. And we can need to strategize and control the outcome. But that is the big shift that happened when we went from being seven centered beings to nine centered being. When we were seven centered, the mind was the best tool we had for making decisions. But now that we're nine centered beings, the mind is no longer the best tool we have. It's still an amazing tool. I'm not trying to say the mind is a bad thing. Like our ability to process information and learn and strategize and think things through logically and recognize patterns. It's an amazing tool, but it's not the best tool we have for staying on the best path and living out our life purpose. So we each have another tool within our body. And that's another thing we learn when we look at your human design, which tool is your body's way of 
giving you those messages of what's correct for you and what's not. So helping you to make better decisions and trust your own inner wisdom, your own inner guidance, and to free yourself from that external pressure to be what you're not or feel like you're not enough. Um, so yeah, does that make sense? Well, I hope it does to everyone who's listening to us and thinks, wow, wow, I never heard. But I would have thought by now, you know, we're almost 90 episodes. People who follow me have a, quite a grasp, an idea of what the mind can do, what energy is. And because we talk about all the possible angles that we can use um, to, to tackle mental health issues and just our well-being. And, and you know, I'm, I just like sometimes to listen to um, Jody Spencer, or Bruce Lipton, and you realize what is the huge power that our thoughts have. We, we can create things with our thoughts. So we have to be very careful of the words that we use because they create energy. And so when we are there vilifying others, putting them down, assaulting, criticizing, being negative, we feel it inside. We think that our spirit is shrinking, you know, and we, we need that love, that compassion for everyone else. But why don't we have the love and compassion for ourselves, right? It's easy to say, oh, we have to be good with other people. How about being good to yourself and realize that you need to stop running like a nutter because we're not supposed to run faster than a normal, normal daily life. You know, we're supposed to slow down and be still sometimes and there is actually a song from it was a swedish uh, singer once uh, sang it i think it was a mormon tabernacle choir and it was like on youtube i saw it a couple of months ago and and the song said be still <laughs> or slow down <laughs> and it was like be still and it just calms you down to make you look inside yourself and see what do i really need to do right? So I would expect by now a person that is feeling stuck and doesn't really know where to go and they feel like uh, I'm not really going into the right direction. They can come to you and they can get this direction by having a reading. So you will charge, you have a website. How, how does this work? How do we reach you to get this information? Yeah. So, so there's two different ways I do kind of have like a self-study, um, little free course that helps someone to get their initial chart and start to understand the basics. Um, and that they can access by going to chart C H A R T guided life by design.com. And that's completely free. And it kind of does start to introduce you to understanding how to read a chart and you can kind of look at your chart and see the pieces that apply to you. But that sometimes um, human design, there's so much information in a human design chart and it can be really complex and it sometimes can feel overwhelming. So sometimes looking at the general information makes it feel harder than it needs to. Um, and you know, sometimes the best place to start is just to look at a human design chart on the pieces that apply to you and looking at your chart because human design it really is about how we're each unique and individual and how we're different and honoring how we're different. Our society makes us feel like if we're different, that it's bad, that it's wrong. And it, we have this huge, it's called like a conditioning force of homogenization. So these are some words that human design likes to throw around, but really it's, you know, when we go to school, we feel like we need to fit in. And if we don't fit in, we're gonna get bullied and we're gonna get judged. 
Um, but really human design brings us back to really appreciating and understanding what makes us different and unique in a way that we can appreciate that and honor it. You know, you talked before about, you know, how we compare ourselves to people on Instagram and, you know, to magazines where it's airbrushed. And I think at least for me, I know I used to have this habit of, I would look in the mirror and I would find all the things that I didn't like, right? I would like, that's just where my mind would go. My mind would take me to like, oh, this place is too, like there's too many rolls here or this, my thighs have gotten too thick or my belly's too big or my stretch marks from having babies. And really I intentionally now look in the mirror to find the places of my body that I do like, because if we stay in the energy of finding what we don't like, then, you know, it actually is going to create more weight, right? If we're looking at the mirror saying, oh, you're, you've gotten so heavy or you're so thick, then you're actually, your body is going to recreate that reality. And so you're going to gain weight just because you're in the energy of noticing what you don't like. Whereas if you look in the mirror and you find the places you do appreciate, and maybe that's your wrist, right? Maybe you're like, oh, I like how thin my wrist looks today. Now you're in the energy of creating a body that is you know, that you can appreciate and you enjoy, and you're much more likely to release extra weight when you're in that energy. And it's the same thing when we look at our human design chart. We wanna look at the pieces that we are grateful for, that that help us to become who we know, who we feel we're born to become. And really, you know, we each have a purpose for being born, which is why we're here. And so using human design, to find those parts of you that you can appreciate, that you can enjoy, that you can feel grateful for. And you can focus there while you accept the pieces that, you know, maybe people around you have made you not appreciate until you can turn down the volume on the mind, like, like I mentioned earlier. And it's no longer pinpointing all those things about you that are not enough. And, and yeah, it's understanding we each have a different aura type. I kind of mentioned auras earlier, you know, when you walk in the rooms, the energy people feel and there, so there's understanding which aura type there's four different aura types lets you know how you're meant to best interact with other people. So when we stop letting the mind try to run the show and we start to live our lives in alignment with the aura type we have, that, that definitely helps. And the next piece is understanding your body's wisdom and how that communicates with you. So that's authority in human design. So the way that your body is sending you messages, what to say yes to and what to say no to, which will help you to make better decisions to help you stay on the right path, even if it doesn't logically make sense or the people around you don't understand, you can feel solid in how you're spending your day, what you're committing your energy to, and feel confident that things are gonna work out well because you're following your own inner guidance and inner wisdom. And that's great to know. And there's a lot of stuff here to remember. Maybe you guys want to take some notes. I have a, a question that you are not expecting, okay? Um, I, I hear a lot of comments from people who are maybe addicted to maybe alcohol, too much drinking, and maybe they're teachers, they're professionals, but when they get home, they just have to drink and they can't stop. Or maybe binge eating. And they, then, you know, they cycle, there's a loop of self-sabotage, and they do it again, then feeling guilty, and then drinking more, or taking more of the drugs or of food, because we feel so bad about ourselves. And then 
restarting the cycle all over again. In your experience, you know, having perhaps worked with people who were having this issue, what was there that was causing this? I can definitely relate with that. And there definitely have been times when I've used all of those things, right? And I really think addiction in my mind comes from a place where we have these intense, for me, it's emotions, partially because of my design, but, and oftentimes it is emotions, right? I feel like addiction comes in when we have these intense emotions and sometimes they could be intense positive or most often intense negative that we don't have healthy tools to process. And so understanding your human design and where that intense energy that before you didn't have the tools to process in a healthy way, human design can absolutely help you. And so for me, I almost never even have a desire to drink. And, you know, actually after my son was born, my, my second son that I was pregnant with when my mom passed away, um, you know, and I didn't drink while I was pregnant, but after he was born, I drank every day. And definitely there were days when I drank way more than of because I was numbing those intense emotions because I wasn't, I didn't have the tools for really processing that in a healthy way. The other thing I see people do is where they try to like protect themselves or create bubbles for the energy that they're not really sure how to process. And really sometimes understanding where it's not even your energy, whether that's emotional or other energy that feels too intense to deal with. Um, really when you understand how energy is impacting you, yours and others, then now you can develop the tools that you need to process that without needing to numb it out. Like we do with food and alcohol and other substances and all of those things. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense and that's what I've been talking to and, and talking about quite a lot recently because really who are we trying to kill off? Which feeling are we trying to put away and which feeling are we trying to gain from having these substances, this wrong interaction, maybe sleeping around with lots of people, maybe whatever, you know, maybe we're really confused and who am I, am I the right person, am I in the wrong body, I mean there's so much body dysmorphia now, so much huge body piercing and disfiguration. Why, what are we trying to get out of this? Where is the final feeling that we want to get? And isn't that acceptance and love? It's always, when it boils down to, we all want to be loved and accepted. And if we're not getting in one way, we're trying to get in another way. And when we don't get it, and we have intense emotions, because of so many things happening, then we're like, oh, I can't cope with this, I can't cope, I'm feeling depressed, I'm gonna reach to X, Y, Z. And so it's important to stop and think, what am I trying to get? And how else can I get this feeling? So I'm, I'm really glad you touched this point because we guys who did not prepare this interview at all, we didn't say, I'm gonna ask you this and that. We just, you know, talk fluently and um, we're 27 minutes, so we're now in the end. And, um, and that helps to really get a conversation, like two friends meet up, you know, maybe on a train to London and they start saying, how is your day? It's amazing because I have human design in my life. So I'm really grateful for the contribution that Melissa Wright has given to us. So remember, if you want to go to her website, it's Guided Life by Design. And I will be putting a link so you guys can go straight in there. Maybe find out more if there is something that can help you in your life. That will be great 
think. So um, I would like to thank you, first of all, I want to thank you, Melissa, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. And definitely just one closing thought I want to leave sure. you with is that who you are, your natural design that you can see when you look at your human design chart, it's on purpose and it's intentional and it's who you were intentionally designed to be so you can live out your life purpose and who you are does matter and it's enough. Yes, you are enough is a big, big message. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, guys, that was it for today, episode 89 on human design with Melissa Wright. It's been a pleasure. And if you have any questions, please reach to us. Reach me, reach Melissa, reach the website, send us an email, send us questions, and we will be so happy to answer. If you want to write a review about the podcast, please do so so that more people can find out about Create with France, which is all about finding out how to create the life that you want. So thank you for being with us and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've listened to Create with France Sydney.